Hey gang! I hope your summer is going well so far. It is Janae, one of your three hosts for the Sufficiently Black podcast. Um, As I'm sure you already know, if you didn't read the title, this is another playback episode where we are just uh, recycling some of our older episodes so you guys still have some content while we take a little break for the summer and enjoy our lives and live a little and go to the beach and make some better content for you all. Um, if you guys are missing us, feel free, check out our Instagram, join our Discord, check out our Twitter. You know, we try to keep things fresh for you guys and make content. So just, you know, keep in touch. We'll be back. You guys won't be in a drought full, full elva. Um, this episode, as once again, I'm sure you guys have read the title because you guys read titles. Um, but this is our uh, ride or die episode or does a ride or die really exist where me, Amari and Kia really deep dive into the idea of a ride or die woman, basically a ride or die black woman. And for those of you who don't know, which we explained this in the episode too, but that's basically what all the rappers talk about. Um, down chick who is not going to leave you. Like you're running from the cops. She is the getaway driver. You need anything. She's there for you. Um, and that first example is a little dramatic, but you, you get it. You know what I mean? Um, I love this episode and I think I kind of came up with the idea of this episode because I feel like in the black community, the ride or die is like always applauded. Guys are always talking about how they want to ride or die. And when you hear, and it's great because Amari talks about this in the episode, how when you kind of hear about a woman actually being a ride or die when her husband cheated on her and she stayed, we kind of look at those women like they're martyrs. We look at those women like, wow. He treated her like dog shit and she stayed. How admirable. And this episode is great because we're really taking an idea at whether that common trope in the black community is something that we kind of need to keep or if that's something that we need to to leave in the past, so to speak. Um, And in, in coming up with this episode, I kind of pulled from personal experience of my own being the kind of ride or die girlfriend who had a lot of reasons to leave a situation but didn't because I really do and did love the idea of holding someone down and being down to support someone no matter what. So in thinking about this episode, I was like, you know, that might be something that's really worth talking about because so many black people have experienced it have been the ride or die have had a ride or die you know so i hope you guys enjoy the episode i hope you guys learn something from it i'm trying to think if there's anything that i learned from it i think one of my biggest takeaways was honestly just all of our different perspectives on the ride or die there's kind of kia's perspective where she's more so like absolutely not I will never. (laughs) There's my perspective of I really love the idea of being a ride or die, but 
only if someone is also just as ride or die as I am. And then there's Amari's perspective where it's kind of like, I get it, but it's an antiquated idea that maybe needs to go and doesn't serve women at all. It more so serves men. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Welcome to Sufficiently Black, the podcast that explores what it means to be comfortable in your blackness. I'm Janae, here with Kia Swinton and Amari Pollard. You know, if you haven't listened at this point and you're like, you don't know what's going on, refresher, we rebranded. We have a different name now. You know, we're the same girls. New name. That's about it. We're still cool. Amazing. We love you. You love us. It's fantastic. Anyway, moving on. So ladies, what is new? What's the tea? What's going on? I feel like I sound like the mom from Mean Girls where I'm like, what's the tea? Amy Poehler. Amari, you're muted. <laughs> you're muted again, Amari, please. God damn. It was such a... I'm trying to be so considerate because I don't want to make noise while other people talk. But every time I say something, I forget I'm muted. I was just quoting Mean Girls because I like Mean Girls. It's a classic film. It's I didn't classic. watch it on October 3rd, though. I feel like I love it, but I have exhausted how many times I can actually watch it. I like, get you that. Know, like, I tend to love watching movies until I can say the lines as I'm watching it. Like, that's what kind of freak I am. And mm. I just couldn't do it. You know what I watched recently? Um, Ghost. I've been on an 80 and 90s movies kick. So I watched uh, Dirty Dancing a few mm. weeks ago. Oh, you like Patrick Swayze, too. I, okay, so I decided to watch Ghost to see if Patrick Swayze was actually a good actor. Because in honestly, in Dirty Dancing, he wasn't the best. I'm just God rest his soul. He's a great man or was a great man, but he just it wasn't the best in Dirty Dancing. So I was like, okay, let me watch Ghost to see if his chops are better. And in Ghost, he was better. And Whoopi, amazing performance. Demi, she's gorgeous. You know, all in all, B minus. <laughs> That's so much lower than I thought. <laughs> you thought it. I was going to say A plus. Hey, I thought you were going to say like A minus A. No, it's definitely not up there with like B minus. Favorite 90s flick. Did Ghost, Ghost definitely came out in the 90s, not 80s. I think so. And I'm pretty sure it won awards. I've also never seen it all the way through, so I can't even talk. <gasps> oh, really? All I've seen are the m- most, like, you know, it's one of those movies where I feel like people talk about it enough or people mm-hmm. I know have watched it enough and told me about it where I'm like, I feel like I watched it. I don't yeah. need to watch it. It's on Netflix now, so. Did it make you want to do any pottery things? Um, A little bit. It just kind of made me want to have a lover sit behind me as I attempt to do pottery and then we like make out but that's it I haven't seen any classic films like rarely any so like ever I'm not a movie person I Kia just likes comedy I I love comedy um mostly what I only don't only but I I do really like comedy documentary and marvel slid in there um but yeah i'm not really a film person i have a really low attention span and that's why i like comedy and sitcoms so oh wow wait so if you're a marvel fan did you see um the 10 rings what is it shang chi and the 10 rings i might be saying that oh yeah i my friend so i'm trying to watch it in order and so Mm -hmm. i'm on captain america and 
Captain America Civil War right now, which I just started yesterday. So I have, like, about, I think, like, six left. There's a lot. And it's really hard if you don't watch it in order. So that's why. I mm. do not commit to these movies. I literally only watch them when people I like are in them. Uh, so, but I, I feel like I still understand what's going on. I feel, I feel like I still know. I, I did too. I was like that too. Cause my mom's really into it. So I would like take her or like if whoever I was dating liked him, I would go, but I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But then I started really getting into it. <laughs> the good thing about Marvel is the volume is so big that you can really just like section off which ones you like and you'll still end up with a shit ton of movies and TV shows to watch. Yeah. Speaking of things that I don't really do often, I also typically don't go to restaurants like multiple times or like because I just feel like there's so much to explore that I'm like, eh, I don't want to go to the same restaurant twice. But I went to one of the best restaurants ever and it's called Malay in Morristown. And I'm with my friend Kelly who lives there. And I, I don't know. I really get like excited about like restaurants to come back but this was i saw that pineapple was it in the pineapple yes and i literally was thinking about it i was thinking about it i'm not lying for 24 hours i went and told everyone about (laughs) this food and i was looking up like malaysian food near me and that's the closest one which was 40 minutes but i'm like obsessed with it now wait where is morristown is that like deeper in jersey or is that closer to the city um it's deeper in jersey it's like probably still oh. like a 45 minute train ride from from jersey. ain't no major yeah. ain't no morristown new york like a big city yeah but there is i looked up malaysian food and there is one in jersey city and one in hoboken so see but that's what you need okay. to do as like i feel like an immigrant um restaurant owner is like really smart is like going to t- like sit like small towns or like towns where the um I shouldn't say the demand is as great, but, like, you're more likely to, like, have a name for yourself in there, and it's, like, attracts people. Because I always said, like, if I was going to, which I wouldn't because I can't cook Jamaican food as well as other people in my family. But if I were going to open a Jamaican restaurant, it'd be, like, in a small town where people need to be exposed to it. That's so true. And I actually ran up against this. I went to, ooh, I was in the mountains in Jersey. I can't even remember where I was. This happened this summer. For my friend's birthday, we got an Airbnb and we randomly stumbled upon a Cuban restaurant and her best friend who was there is Cuban. And we were really excited because we were like, this is so random. And the food was subpar. So it was like not and the place was popping. Everyone and their mom was there. So it's like not only is this place always going to be popular because it's the only Cuban restaurant in all of Appalachia. It's like. You can be subpar. It doesn't even have to be good because these people have never even had Cuban food before. They just think it's cool because they've never had it. That's true. That's fair. I'm not going to lie. Also, I'm not like, you know, the authority on Thai food, but one of the best Thai restaurants I've been to was in Dublin, Ireland. And when we went when my sister was studying abroad and I was like, this is so random. But like the people were great. The food was great. They gave you like a, a sorbet and a lemon and... When I went back a few years uh, later, I like made it a point to go back to that restaurant. I think it was under, I think it was under new ownership though. Like, you know, you know, when you have a meal so good, like you, like I, I regret going the second time. Like I should have just let the first time just like sit with me forever. It's never going to be as good as the first time. It's not. 
because I was like not expecting because I don't really like um okay well when I went to China we ate Chinese food every day and I'm again Sagittarius get really bored of things really easily so I don't like to repeat things so I was like over by day three and I was there for like almost two weeks so I was just like oh my god and when I went to Spain they just like put ham in um ham and like eggs and everything and so when I came back I stopped eating ham literally to this day and that was like six seven years ago stopped eating ham for that reason but I, I was like, uh, after China, I like, didn't really eat a lot of Asian food. And so I was like, uh, I don't really, I don't know what Malaysian food is. It looks Thai. I don't really know. But I was like, ugh, my expectations are low. And I think because they were so low, I was just like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And so now I'm obsessed with Malaysian food. Um, speaking of like good vibes and good times, I went out this weekend. I had some friends in town. Um, and we went to a, uh, like a K-pop bar and it was everything. I'm assuming it's in K-Town. Yes, you would be right, my girl. Um, and it, you know, it could have also been enhanced because I was a little drunk, you know, I had taken a little spliff, spliff of the spliff, spliff. So I was just like feeling the good times. They were rolling and then suddenly, as the good times are rolling, and not only that, this place is like, you know, when places are dark and they have like flowers everywhere and they're fake flowers, but you can't see that they're fake flowers. So it looks really good. I'm sure in the light of day, that place looks horrendous. But they were playing like all the K-pop bops. And I have never been to a place that just like played K-pop. And I was just, it's like, oh, one K-pop song and then other shit. But no, this was all k-pop and i was in my element i was living that's all i've ever wanted is to go out somewhere and they just play k-pop and Isn't i was that, just like, that's why new york city is amazing because i feel like you can find that with like any culture it, whatever you, really you want it's like just go to a specific area it's amazing and it makes you me just have to spots. find it Oh, yeah. our spots. Our spots. I was ah! always talking to like people about um, like Lot 24. Lot 45. 45. 45. 45. Um, like uh, Bedvine Brew, was uh, it? Brew, yeah. That, I love that place, but the problem with that place was it was tiny and the old tiny. men were on some other shit. Oh my God, them old best eye black uh, men. How you doing, Caribbean queen? too. And How like, you doing, queen? Oh my lord! You could be my grandpa. Leave me alone. Don't that touch was so me. foul. I can't. It's so, that. but it's it's funny though because I I will say that the the middle aged men in Bedvine Brew, they were, I felt respected, like respectful. I never felt like they were like ridiculously aggressive or, like or rude or forceful. They were definitely looking at you. They were definitely like in your face a little bit but they were never rude yeah. about and it and you know what bedvine brew is like somewhere like i know people might feel iffy about hanging out with their parents i think my parents are fun like bedvine yeah. brew is a place i bring my parents and i bring your parents too and i feel yeah. like they would have a good time with us because it's I just like, like a nice mix of people yeah as long as it was one of those weird nights where it was like a little bit less packed i feel like they would have a good time and they my mom would be dancing our dads would be like talking at the bar our moms would be dancing plural oh that'd be so cute yeah i'm not taking my parents anywhere but um i'm (laughs) sorry i'm gonna skip to the next uh segment so we stay on time I'm like currently thinking about like living with my parents. I'm like, no, we can, we can. I'll let your parents 
do that. <laughs> yeah. Kia, tell us about this week in Black history. Okay, y'all. This week in Black history. So um, I've tried to do a theme. And it is basketball season coming up, I think. I need to double check that. But my dad used to play basketball. And, You're correct. Okay, yeah, because my grandma's birthday is October 15th. Shout out, Grandma. And that's coming up. That's this Friday. And my dad is always like, yep, the first day of basketball. And, like, I think high school or college was, like, his mom's birthday. So that's how I always remember that. So I was like, it's basketball season. And there's some history around this time during basketball season. So October 22nd. 1950, Charles Cooper and Nat Clifton join the NBA and become some of the first players to play in the NBA game. And then October 21, 1989, um, Bertram M. Lee and Peter C.B. Bino, sorry, I don't know if I'm saying that right, signed an agreement to purchase the NBA, NBA's Denver Nuggets for $54 million, and they became the first African-American owners of a professional basketball team. So if you know, if you see that difference, it's about 40, am I doing the right right math? Is it like 50 years? Okay. Wait. You asking the wrong person. I'm not good at math, so Okay, I knew Amari is a smart one, so I, I can't, no, but I can't I can't do math. I can't do math, but that that is so basic and that I know it. Amari might be a little bit more scholarly, but we're all smart. We all smart, but Amari's known for being the smart one, you know. I'm not saying we're dumb, I'm just saying she's like the intellect. Um it's like I'm forty years. It's like forty years. I'm literally intellectual in everything other than math. I had to tutor for like six years and that did not help me at Listen, all. we all can't be tens in every aspect of our lives, you know? <laughs> we can't. <laughs> but that's about like forty years um since the first black players were in the NBA. Forty years for like someone to like partially own or like own NBA team, which I think is ridiculous and Yeah, and that number's probably gone. Like how many black owners are there? of basketball teams now I'm probably like 0.2 I don't know 0.2 percent I feel like that's a fair guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> I feel like that's very fair but how many of us are actually playing in the NBA like what 98 percent you know I have this conversation with people a lot when we talk about players versus like ownership um versus like coaching staff also talk about like players playing versus like the people in the audience because when i look at audience i'm like damn this is a whole bunch of because white how expensive, no one thinks this is weird how expensive so, is it to get an nba ticket that's exactly. like 125 dollars that white people just have on deck like i had a moment okay i feel like i've talked about this on the podcast though backstory i had a moment in high school where this white girl that i was semi friends with she loved Syracuse basketball. They lost the game. I want to fight she her. Came, she came to school. Mm-hmm. We were at lunch. She called the players the N-word, right? And then this weekend, one of my friends that visited, she's like really, really, really into football. And she's she loves the Bills. And I just was reflecting on how white people loving sports triggers me. And that sounds so ridiculous. But like, Every time, for example, a few months ago this summer, I went to a soccer game with a whole bunch of Italians, and I was notably the only black person there, and then racist shit happened on the field. 
with the um, Italy game. And they were throwing like throwing bananas, saying the N word. I think a black player messed up and it was like a big deal. It's like every time I go to sports thing and I just see a whole bunch of white people in the crowd screaming and then it's black players down there. I'm like, this feels very, I don't know, new form of slavery. I don't it does. know. It they does. literally, I'm, I don't know. Like maybe I'm looking too into it, but the yeah. idea of trading players, I do not like that phrase. Trading, owning, like, it's the same thing. <laughs> like, it's we, literally like, the same term. But, 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 but I know, but it, and it, and it, and it sucks too because we're like, okay, well, like language is important, but changing the language of this stuff does not even change the fact of like what's happening and like the links, you know, like we're and I'm players always that we like, can't own. And I'm always like, am I looking too deep into no, this? Like, am no, I doing too no. much? But it's like, literally, it's like the first thing when people are like, oh, let's go watch a game. I'm like, it's going to be a whole bunch of drunk white people. If a black person messes up, the N-word's going to get dropped. That's but you it. need to think about that stuff because it's your safety and it's your environment. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. true. So true. My, I feel like my whole life, mostly growing up, was people telling me I was thinking too deep about stuff. And the older I get, the more I realize, no, y'all just ain't thinking deep enough. And gaslighting. And yeah. And also the thing is, I think people stop themselves from thinking too deep because it would force them to acknowledge and then live with the wrong stuff that's happening. And then it's like you feel paralyzed because you're like, oh, what do I? It's just too much for people. So they're like, you know what? I'm not going to think deep about that. So they choose not to. It's like them operating like a fuckboy, like essentially the same thing, like gaslighting you. <laughs> it is gaslighting you into thinking like, you know, like you're thinking too much. Like what you're, you're seeing doesn't much. exist. Yeah. And then reality, it's like they know they should do better, but they're not going to. And I feel like what you said about the um, the game is kind of like it's just like synonymous to like white people like like appropriating our culture it's like you know we can love syracuse but i'll still call them the n-word because all i see them is as like these players but i love the sport and it's same like you know with the girl from um little mix like i love i i hate like i'm not gonna say like she says problematic things with like her black bandmate or whatever but then okay now it's time to to be solo now all of a sudden you're you're tan you got lip fillers you're hanging out with diddy and Nicki minaj and all this stuff and it's like it's the same thing very true, but we could talk about that for ninety six thousand years. Um, Amari, you want to tell us about some things you saw on the internet? I guess it works with what I was gonna say because I things say, I found on the yours? internet. <laughs> that was a really good segue. Got interesting today. It'll be after we're recording on Indigenous People's Day. And someone on Twitter today took it upon themselves to use a clip from one of Adele's IG live videos to represent a reenactment of Christopher Columbus not discovering anything. And the caption reads, Christopher Columbus arriving in the Caribbean. And the video of Adele goes, oh, hello, India. Um, and it's super funny. I hope we include the link in the show notes uh, so everyone can get what we're referencing. But I just thought it was, I thought it was funny. Also because Adele, too, thinks she's discovered Caribbean things. Um, and maybe, <laughs> but I'm also realizing maybe Adele is my new problematic fave because I'm not going to lie. I'm very excited for that new album to hit in the dead of like dreary fall so I can be on my moody girl shit. Um, my black heart loves that stuff. Um, but I just thought it was interesting. 
wait a minute on the Adele front. Did you guys see those pictures that she just um, for Vogue. took? Yes, for Vogue. I was trying to figure out who it mm-hmm. was for. Okay, this is another moment where I'm kind of like, was I thinking too deep? In the pictures, I see like a full dark lip. I see like tan skin. I see almond eye shape. I just looked at the picture and I was like, Adele, first the Caribbean tings, then the string of black men. And now I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like, is that a black woman? I don't know. I didn't look at the... um I didn't look at the pictures as much because I, she's kind of like my problematic fave because I'm just like, something about the Bantu knots mixed with the string of black men is not sitting right with me. And the fact that she like went on <laughs> SNL and didn't address it and then had a fucking skit about going to Jamaica and dating black men and not addressing it still. I was like, now One it's getting reminds rude. Me of, reminds me of Khloe Kardashian. It's like very much in the realm. I mean, granted, all the Kardashians, but specifically her, because she too had that Bantu knots, and then she also like has her string of black men. Um, But it's it's just like very interesting too, because like if you like just seeing, I used to be obsessed, you know, with Adele like chasing pavements every morning before school. I'd watch it on VH1, like that was my stuff. So it's very interesting to like see the evolution, but also like. I don't know if people forgot there was like this. I know people had some thoughts about Adele's Grammy acceptance where she like um, pointed out to like she had beat Beyonce and then she like like was talking about Beyonce. And I know people had like an issue with how she framed framed that. Um, I don't remember. I remember that speech, but I don't remember like what the issue was. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. I remember being excited about it. The fact that she gave Beyonce credit because I'm kind of like Beyonce should have won. I think but... she knew that she I think she knew that like yo, these black people are going to come for me if I don't shout out Beyonce. I feel like she low-key knew, which is, again, why I'm mad, like, at her not acknowledging, like, it would be better if she would just acknowledge, like, hey, y'all, I was out of of pocket for those Bantu knots. I I like black men, and I just, I went too far. Like, I'd rather her say that than, like, do it, not address it. And then it's, like, she's been linked to so many, how many black men now that it's just, like, oh, so bitch is just, like, you know, rinse and repeat, it seems like. <laughs> and I, I just, I feel like for anyone listening who might be a new listener and they're like, damn, these girls be like zing zapping people. At the end of the day, if you do some fuck shit and claim it, I won't be mad at you. If And that's if the black any, way, though. And that's the black way. <laughs> if any black woman who is out here trying to get a tan and trying to look like us, we know that our shit is the shit. We know it. And we know that that's why everyone is trying to jump on it. But if you stand up in your caucasity and say, look, black people are the shit. I think big lips are cool as fuck. And I love me some black men. I would be like, I I ain't even mad. But until you step up, I'm going to roast your ass. That's it. Just say it. I think that's Just fair. Say it. That should be the name of this podcast. And that's Just the acknowledge way. it. <laughs> that's a new tagline that's, that's, that's the black way because i feel it i feel like black people are those type of people where it's like as long as you like come to me straight and like you know keep it keep it buck it's like whatever but it's like i can't deal with the whole like fake not acknowledging it and it's just like i love adele but it's just it's really hard to get behind her when it's just like and then it's really hard to like not again not be annoyed at like black men when it's like 
you know, white women can just wake up and be like, you know what, I'm going to try Negro today, and they can have, like, a line of them. And she'll, like, you know, that's how it feels like, and it's so frustrating. It so feels like that. It feels like white women can wake up, and they just, like, scroll through, like, a list of options, say, hmm, I'm going to try fox eyes. I'm going to try making my eyes look kind of Asian. Hmm, I'm going to get lip fillers. Let me... Let me try that. Let me put a bindi on. Let me see. And then the men of that race flock. Flock. It's like, God damn, y'all. Y'all that easy, huh? <laughs> yeah, bro. For other people. <laughs> y'all that easy. I'm stressed. We can't I'm have stressed. the actual, we can't have the actual hair texture, you know, like whatever the actual lips they want to. No, it's not enough. But anyway, anti-ways, because we can, once again, this is another thing that we could talk about for 90 lamb years, and we've, we've done it before. Um, but let's get into, like, our discussion for today, which is something that us girls have always ruminated on, but it's the ride or die myth. Is it a myth? Should we attach myth to it? I feel like, Janae, you're the one that, that came up with this episode, right? Like, you had had a reason yeah. why you wanted to, to address it. Yeah, and and I did because I was a ride or die. Um, and I had always felt like I had seen time and time again this idea that if you stick beside him and if you support him and lift him up, that everything's going to be copacetic. And I just feel like black women are even shamed when they don't do that. And Can I ask, ask you where you more. got that mentality from, like, before you went into that situation? Like, is there something you had looked at where you're like, I need to do this for him or, like, he's mm. not going to stay? Um, I think that I've seen it in popular media a lot, and I think even before that, I've seen that somewhat in a lot of family dynamics. I've seen that even with my parents in some degree, not nearly as, as um, toxic or bad as mine, but my mom has really, really held down the fort when it came to my family, when my dad was trying to figure out his business and, and, and figure out what he wanted to do. And not saying that my dad didn't work hard and not saying that my dad was, you know, not doing what he needed to do. But, you know, my mom was the one who was doing so many jobs and, and really, really working hard. Um, and I just feel like in other family members, I've seen that too. So you grow up kind of seeing that and then you even hear in songs you see in movies where it's like black women are constantly like, okay, you live your dream and and do what you need to do and and I'll help you live your dream too or along with holding down a job and, and helping you start your job, supporting the kids, managing the household. Um, I just, I just feel like I've seen that modeled in my life so much, so much. Yeah. I've seen that, yeah. I was just going to say, um, I feel like I've seen that more or like heard like family tales of it more. So when it happens, like with like interpersonal like relationships, like I think there's like this one specific, um, like family story of, I can't remember like in relation to me. Anyways, like some like, you know, like a few like generations or whatever, like a um, family member had a husband stepped out on her, had kids. 
and it was all she was always like brought up as like this pinnacle of like you know like she stayed and like she like that was a really difficult time and x y and z and she stayed with him and you know she even helped you know like raise his extra like his the kids that he had outside of their marriage um and she like lived with that and it was kind of like this like the story was told to me as like just like like very glowy and so, like, in my head, it, it was, it's, I feel like those are, like, the stories that are kind of, like, told to us again and again, or, like, examples we see of women sticking by their spouses despite, like, extramarital affairs and all this stuff. And, like, hey, like, I know every relationship is different, and it's definitely up to you as a person, but I feel like when you when you see that and you hear those stories, then you're, you're, then you begin to think, like, oh, it's, one, it's normal for that to happen in a relationship, Two, that should call, like, I should not pause as much when that happens. Like, I should just, like, go along with it more. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, I, I, I don't know. To yeah. piggyback off of that really quickly, on top of me kind of growing up with that, with my parents, it worked out. Like I said, my dad's no slouch. My dad's a go-getter. So although my mom had to be the person who was running the house and, and really staying at a job that she hated for years, my dad's business ended up doing incredibly well. And my parents are so stable and in love. And I've always thought that, you know, like, you know, if, if, if the man want to, you know, figure out his life, that's cool. I'm going to help him because I know one day he's going to have me. The same way I looked at my parents and I was like, my dad is a stand-up amazing man who I know will sacrifice everything. And it's like, one day, my dad, one day his business was popping. And I'm like, one day my man, his stuff will be popping and we good and I'll just hold it down for now, you know. But the thing is that, like, I think it's like, okay, like you said, Amari, but the thing is that's the exception to the rule. And the the issue with that, this mentality is that this is oftentimes the rule in the black community and it's not the exception to the rule. And so like, yes, your dad did it. It's the exception to the rule, but it's like, okay, the rule for us is like, we see Beyonce, ride or die. He, you know, Jay-Z cheated on publicly. I'm gonna write a whole song about it, whatever. We see Gabrielle Union had a whole baby with another woman when she had like, what, nine miscarriages? It's like the constant, this is what we see. Yeah, that happened. That's why I can't get behind that couple. That's me. I didn't um, know that. I was yep. drinking the Kool-Aid. She, I love that couple. About it. She talked about it in her in her book, too. I don't know if she goes into more detail about... Um, I don't know if they broke up because she like was having trouble having kids. I don't know, but... Um, Either way, that's definitely a hard pill. It, it's a hard pill to, to swallow. swallow. And then you see the shows that, I, I don't know, what's what's the own show that everyone roasts on Twitter? Is it, like, Black Love or something? That You guys probably oh, yeah. have seen it. But, like, it's always we, these stories seen. of the, the black woman standing there with her. I think one girl, like, murdered someone or something for her man. I don't know. It was crazy. But it's always some wild story about, like, yeah. Oh, there was that weird story. <laughs> so she like, we basically were, like, murdered someone or something. something like, someone someone died. Right. like, someone died. There was another died. one. There was another couple where, like, they were living with his ex-wife. Hell no. I think it, I think it was to help like the kids and like make it easier. But that's something we not gonna do. I ain't gonna ride with you yeah. and your ex-wife in the same house. But I feel like part of it is we like, can live the next media. door. <laughs> no, we're not even doing that, my guy. We're not doing that. <laughs> and I I do I do really feel like okay. None of us have ever been married. 
and I do understand that you know people be married I don't for need a to long be. time. <laughs> no, people be married for a long time, and people change, and things shift, and mistakes are made. I get it, but I do feel like with black women, this is a very specific instance where we are told from a young age to support black men and help black men and really, really be there for black men in situations where we may not be getting served 100%. And the thing is, that's not being said to the black men being raised. No, it's not. What's being said to them, it seems like you're like perfect, you're a king, as long as you don't have kids and as long as you don't go to jail, you're a catch and you have a job, that's it. And like, it's funny because I was talking to my aunt this weekend and like, you know when you're just like thankful that like, it's sad when you see like stories but you're like thankful that like your generation has kind of like evolved because I'm like, you know, the internet sucks but it's like so many things that I can see and read to to, like, I think kind of shaped me at this age where like I was speaking to my aunt um, who's like 60 And she was just talking about how, like, you know, she just thought, like, her husband was good because he was, like, a black man that had a job and had no kids. And that was, like, kind of the only requirement they really had, like, you know, at that time. And it was a little sad to hear, but she was, like, like, hearing about how she was, like, okay with that. And she, like, had how much she had learned and, like, what was, like, her non-negotiables. It was just, like, interesting to hear that story. But, like, I'm also wondering, like, what's being told to women and men of other races because I feel like we just don't see that whole ride or die mentality as much as it is in the black community and in the black community it does seem like very very one-sided okay so in other communities I do think that it exists but I think it's a little different I think because I, I, I do know people that are in, you know, Arab or Indian communities and it's kind of like y'all get married and then if shit hits the fan you stay you know, like you don't get divorced. And I think the difference with black communities is that stability aspect is not there where you're expected to be a ride or die with someone just because you're in a relationship with them. I feel like in other communities, it's like we promised marriage and we've intertwined our lives with each other. So we're not ending the shit, even if someone is uh, abusive or, you know, has a lot of other shit going on. That's fair. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily know if one is better than the other. But like I said, I feel like with black relationships, there's not the commitment aspect always. There's also not the providing aspect too, though. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the commonality between all of it is that usually, like most things in life, the women get the short mm-hmm. end of of the stick. Because even like even if you don't ride or die and you leave or whatever, but say you're married and have kids, like... Where does like where does that fall on you know? Because you're um, not gonna leave your kids, and men oftentimes do that because they can or they don't have a an, another bond like a mother does. It really reminds me of this conversation I had one night. Um, I think it was like either a year or two ago, um, and we were just like you know drinking late night, just ch- chatting and stuff, and we're <laughs> talking about men and their preference to not wear protection. Um, and I was like, okay, well, what happens if you don't wear protection and you have a kid with this woman? And they were, oh, a few of them were like, well, I'm going to just have to tell her, like, it's your choice. You can do what you want, but I'm not ready to be a dad right now. And so, right but you're ready to fuck t- unprotected? And you're saying, like, I'm just, that's, that, that's where I leave it. Like, I'm just not ready to be a dad. So, like, you're automatically saying, like, you just don't know what you're going to give that person. And I feel like it's just automatically, like, always 
The responsibility is a lot of times put on women to carry out things and men just get to like walk away and live their lives. And even like when you, you like, you hear a lot of stories about couples where it's like, oh, he wanted to go get his like, like law degree or something. So like I, and he needed money. So I worked and I held down the floor and I did all this stuff and I helped pay him to get like pay for him to go through college and all this stuff. I feel like those are like popular stories and movies and did he um, leave you did he and right you? and like some stuff like some stuff like that happens and it's and i'm just you know i'm all about um egalitarian relationships so if i'm gonna ride for you and potentially die which i'm not but if i was you better do the same for me See, and if i'm not getting that energy back we <laughs> we're all right fine. you brought up a good point because when i was doing my little research up in here I was looking at the definition, and it was when you're willing to do anything for someone you love or someone you really appreciate in your life, the person who you stand in any problem and vice versa is the common bold vice versa, which is also sometimes it's not. But I actually didn't know it was like ride till the end or die trying. I guess it's like get rich and die trying. Same thing. And to be real with you, I like the idea of being with someone and knowing that like we're a team and we're we're you know we're doing the thing together it's right at die you know I like that idea but it has to be 50 50 and I feel like so often it is not and I'm also not gonna and it has to be reasonable you know like if you're being unreasonable I'm not gonna ride or die with you for that like we're gonna sit down and have a conversation and <laughs> we're gonna go through stuff because I'm not gonna blindly follow you and I feel like this happens sometimes too in like friendships I feel like when I was younger I would more so prescribe to this idea of like, oh, you don't like her? Bet I don't like her either. Like, I'm not going to deal with her. And as an adult, I look back on those situations and I'm like, I didn't have a problem with her. Why was I like putting stress on myself and creating a problem just because my friend didn't want to talk to her? But because I was worried my friend wasn't going to like me if I talked to her. And then it's like, well, then dang, that's not your friend. Like, why am I writing for you? And then come to find out those same friends ain't writing for me the same way. So I had to cut them. So, you know, it's just, you just got to think about things. (laughs) I think the issue that we briefly discussed, I don't know if we were recording or not, but the the issue is with the ride or die mentality. Because I'm trying to think, and we'll go into personal stories, but I really don't think I was really ride or die to anyone, which I'm like, am I the issue? But but I'm just like, uh, I, I don't know. But I think the issue where I have is like, first of all, when we see men, Anytime men speak, it's usually not intelligent. But when they do speak about ride or die, I feel like it's always like, she gotta, you selfish if you don't, like, let me sleep on your couch for free and you don't pay my bills and da-da. Like, they try to, like, guilt trip you and gaslight you. And I'm sorry, I just see it a lot from my people. That's that's what I can speak on. That's who I hear it from. Like, the Kevin Samuels and all that, that dumb shit. But I'm just like what and then it seems like they try to like gaslight you into like not another way for them not to be like accountable on things and like another way for them to be selfish which is traits they often have um and I just feel like that's it's so problematic because it's like you're just trying to like it's just another way for you to like gaslight your partner and like that could be with like friendships like you said is like to instead of like her acknowledging like her issues with that girl she was just like Amari don't fucking talk to her like so it's like she's not being held accountable it's not reasonable for you and so it's like not entirely a healthy mindset to have is what I've seen yeah I completely agree are we just generally diving into why this mentality is problematic because I feel like Kia that was a pretty good that was a pretty solid answer as to why like 
it's really gaslighting. It's it's really gaslighting. Um, I mean, I, I guess I, what? Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, like, recently I've been, like, thinking about gaslighting more about, like, the past things that have been said. Because, like, you know, it, once you're getting gaslit, you don't always, like, immediately know. Sometimes you, don't. you, like, think after. And so now I'm just trying to be, like, more aware of, more aware of things where I'm, like, no, that's a gaslighting mentality and that's, like, not a healthy relationship that I want. So I'm trying to just, like, be extra aware of that. That's good. I think that's that's really important. Um, I think personally, I think the ride or die mentality is problematic. I, I think it just traps black women. And I think it, it keeps us in this weird loop of I need to sacrifice my wants and needs so my partner can grow and be happy. And if my partner grows and, and is happy, then I'll grow and be happy. And I, I just think that's it's really toxic. It's really archaic. We need to toss that out the window and really embrace the idea of, you know, women don't need to serve and men don't need to serve. It needs to be 50-50. You need to go into situations and say, how is this serving me? Instead of going into situations and saying, how can I serve? Our next partner has a product that's great for improving gut health, increasing energy, and helping optimize the immune system. If you take pills or vitamins and want a supplement that actually tastes good, Athletic Greens may be for you. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Take it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, everyone. This is Caspi Bias from the podcast Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. I wanted to share something with you all today before we jump into a new episode of the podcast Sufficiently Black. If you are a young professional or a recent college graduate who was looking for additional content on Black identity and adulthood, then come check out Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. We teach all about adulting topics from how to find a job to how to cope with family pressure to get married how to reshape diversity in the workforce, how to file your own taxes, how to rent your first apartment, and more. Check out the podcast Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias at caspibias.com slash podcast. That's C-A-S-B-Y-B-I-A-S dot com slash podcast. All right, now let's get into today's episode. Yeah, and like kind of to add on to that, it's like the, I mean, I feel like this phrase now is kind of overused sometimes, but it's like, I can't fill your cup unless my cup is full. So I also need to focus on like filling my personal cup before I can help serve, not even serve, I can help you. Um, But also like going back to particularly black women and this whole ride or die theory, it's like in so many situations, um, black women are expected to ride for everyone else. But when it comes down to us, no one's really riding for black women. And it made me... And going through the today's topic and just thinking, it made me think about um, a tweet I had sent 
Kia about a story where um, this black New Jersey, sorry, he ain't giving New Jersey a good name, but um, this black New Jersey man would use dating apps to lure and kill black women. And he stated specifically that he was targeting black women because no one would care if they were gone. And this is something we've seen played out a lot when it comes to news and investigations with black missing women and indigenous women, because there is literally this idea this true thing that people really don't actually care what happens to us. Um, But what I liked in that, not what I liked in that situation, but what was interesting and really heartening about that situation was that one of the girls, one of the missing girls' best friends, like did her own private investigation and actually was able to find out like it was like this person. Um, And the friend was a black woman, right? And it was a black woman. So my thing is, you know, Uh, I think there is a reason why a lot of black women trust each other more than other people, because we're very much aware of how so many people do not ride for us, do not care for us. And so we're willing to care for each other more. Um, And so that was, that was nice. And I feel like if there was someone I was going to ride or die for again, I'm not, but like, if I was, it would be like my family or like my black woman friends specifically, because I feel like that's where I usually get, that's where I get like the most love and care from. So I agree with that. And I also feel like, yeah, you can have obviously friends outside another race, but there's something about like, and we touched on this in like our black women friendship episode, but there's just something about like, I don't know. And I think about this in my own life, like the way that black women are willing to like protect you. Cause I feel like like low key for white person, if you were like getting shit talked in public, a white friend would just be like, I don't want to get involved. Like, I love you, but I don't want to... Like, if you really think about it, and it's a hard pill to swallow, and I'm not saying don't be friends with them, but I'm just saying, like, it is what it is. But I feel like if my black friends were there, they would, like, shit talk, fight them. I don't know. But, like, because they know I would do that for them. And so I'm just, like, also aware of, like, okay, like, see how much energy people are going to put by you. Because that could still be your friend. But I'm all about the equal energy. And if you're not really providing that, and if I don't really feel like you're going to go that hard for me, you know, it is what it is. That's so damn true, Kia. That no, no truer words have ever been spoken. Um, do we want to talk about some of our personal experiences as ride or dies? I mean, Kia, I know you said that you haven't really um, experienced much. I mean, but... I feel like the only person, I feel like sometimes it's like too much. Like I think about my ex-boyfriend and like, I guess kind of ride or die. Um, I was like young <laughs> and, and stupid. But like, yeah, there was times where like he was struggling like he didn't like he wasn't really like finding work as much and like I think I was just like okay with it one because I loved him and I knew it was temporary which is why I was like okay with it he did find a job thank god but I think there was like a I did have a limit on it where I was like I can't you know continue this but I do think about it it's it's like it was a little unfair because I was so young at the time he was like five and a half years um older than me and so it just felt like I was I had to like grow up really fast or like be this like older person where it's like in reality I wasn't the older person so there was some dynamics where it was just like it was like slightly annoying I mean I don't regret it and I think like I'm not trying to talk um bad about him at all I think he's a great person but um, there are there are ways that I had to pick up the slack but then I think about you know there are there were some times that he um probably had to be a little bit more patient with me um so I think I was okay with it because it was a little more of a a balance even though it wasn't ideal if that makes sense and I don't say I wouldn't say I was ride or die for other men or romantic relationships but I will say like I feel like it was um not reciprocated and 
and like, man, you guys know about my situation recently, but in this conversation that I had with a guy, he like kind of made me feel bad that I like had feelings. Like I basically said like, you know, I would really do like a lot of things for you. Like I think I said like I would do like almost anything you would really ask me to. Like obviously from if you know me, I'm not going to do some stupid shit like kill someone or something, but like I was basically saying like if you wanted me to come to like your city, I would and if you needed me to like talk out something out with you, I would. Like and I just was trying to show that like, you know, I really do care about you in like a way that I don't think you're like perceiving and he was just like did the whole gaslighting thing and like the whole like we talked about this today in our text conversation like the older men like giving advice thing and he was basically just like you know like for future advice like I just I wouldn't say that to people because like they don't they wouldn't have like respect for you shut up where is this man let me find him you know what it's so crazy I'm not I'm not an angry person I'm really not I skew more sad than angry I will fight him. Yeah, no, I went off. After that, I went off because I was like, do you see that you you sound crazy that someone who cares about you and that's your response? And then I just like went off and um, it was... It was a long conversation. Don't tell people that because they're not going to respect you. I'm sorry for having a heart and feelings and caring about you, which was clearly a mistake. And Like maybe you're a narcissist. Like maybe you're a narcissist that when someone says that they care about you and you say that that makes you feel less respect for them. Yeah, and I had to be like, okay, this is a moment where I'm being gaslit. He's literally saying, like, I'm such a shitty person. I know you shouldn't have these feelings for me. That's yeah. basically what he's saying. And then to frame out, piece of advice. Yeah, the piece of advice. It was really bad. Yeah. Why are you patronizing me? It's like, and I and I told him, I said, the only reason I'm saying this is because of the things that you have done and said to me. It's not like I'm just saying this out of the fucking blue and I just met you on the street and I'm like, I'm willing to do anything for you. No, because for the last couple of years, you've been saying shit to me and doing shit that has made me have this mentality. I'm not crazy. Like, I had to break it down for me. Like, you know that I'm saying this because of you, right? <laughs> like, so... You know, he got red, but I'm just saying that's, like, and it did make me, like, question, like, damn, am I just, like, too fucking loving? But I think in the reality, it's, like, no, y'all are just so damaged that you, like, don't know how to receive love. And it, it seems like oftentimes with men, they want you to make, they make you feel bad for, like, having feelings for someone you're intimate with or someone you've been talking to for years. And it's, like, I'm not going to apologize for being a, a human. But it's it's funny, too, because I feel like, I haven't really been ride or die for anyone either, but like the one person I was, there was a moment where like something happened and he gaslit me about it. And I feel like that was a moment where I like woke up and was like, I'm okay to never speak to this person again. And I have literally never spoken to him again. And it wasn't like, and kind of like you can't, it was just like a ride or die. I will be there for you like emotionally. Like thinking back on it, I was like, I wasted so much time like waiting around for him, you know? Like he would like disappear on me for like months at a time. And every time he came back, I was there and I was like ready to do whatever. And, you know, like, you know, like a family member of his passed away and I was like, you need me in New York? Like I'm a, I'm a drive down X, Y, and Z, all this stuff. Um, to like find out, you know, like he was messing around with several other girls, you know? So just, just again, stuff like that. It's like always extending yourself. Like I'm okay to extend myself just because I, I love someone. I just like want to do that for them. Uh, 
but then a, a, there comes a point where it's like, okay, I see that you're never going to give that to me and I can't just keep pouring out for you. So I need to remove myself literally for my own mental health and my own sake, because I feel like it, we lose ourselves so quickly in other people and their wants and their desires. And then like, we just like forget about ourselves. And then we wake up one day and you're like, I don't know who I am as a person. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's because you spent all your time discovering who you were, helping someone else discover who they were. Yeah. And I think it's about balance too, though, because I think it's like, you, I'm not telling people to operate selfishly, but I'm saying like in anything, like operate as selfish as that makes sense. Like, I feel like you know how much it makes sense to be selfish. Like, I'm not saying never answer your friends and only accommodate your own schedule. I'm saying like, if you physically and like mentally can't be there, don't say yes to the invite but like don't always do that like in moderation so I think and that's the thing where I feel like I when I see heterosexual men they don't know that level it's always just like me 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 and maybe 0.2 percent you like and and they don't know how to do that so they're just like yeah ride or die for me 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 and then it's like are you the ride or die like are you giving that same energy so I don't know honestly y'all I don't I don't even know what to say because I was queen ride or die. <laughs> I was queen ride or die over the span of like an eight, nine year um, like relationship that was on and off and, and very like tumultuous, tumultuous, tumult. Wow. Shouldn't have used that word that I couldn't pronounce anyway. You're okay. You were close. We know what you were saying. Yeah. You know what I was trying to say. And, and you know, um, like emotionally abusive at times and, and just like not the healthiest um and I think I'm still kind of healing from that and learning from that um for me I think a lot of it started with very low self-esteem and you know what this podcast is about starting off your first years in an area where no one looks like you and therefore everyone is telling you you're less than um, and then early on finding someone who made you feel special and great and seen and chosen, but that person was going through their own shit and kind of regularly put themselves before you. And because of your low self-esteem, you let them do that and just kind of walk all over you and, and, you know, kind of suck emotional and financial resources from you. Um, and this person, I don't think he necessarily went into it with a master plan of doing that. Um, I think that he has somewhat of a manipulative personality and I have a giving personality. So you put those two things together and look at that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess that's, that's what I'm going to say about it. I don't know what else to say about it. I want to know, um, what made you like remove yourself from that situation the mentality like what was the fine because nine years is a long time so like mm. what was a click where it was like I can't do the ride or die shit no more okay there was a lot of on and off and for me there were a lot of moments where I was kind of there was one moment halfway through and I went back to him which I'll tell you about and then a moment at the very end um so I lost my virginity to this person. I had my first kiss with this person. This person was my every first like sexual experience. Um, so before we started having sex, uh, we were like almost doing it. Like we were talking about it all the time and we didn't live in the same place. So we didn't see each other as often. So we were talking about it all the time, 
uh, coupled with talking about our futures together. You know, just having fun conversations about what our kids would look like and what kind of house we would like. We were having those kind of conversations on a very regular basis. So my idea was I'm going to graduate from community college in like a year. I'm going to New York City. It's love. I'm in there. The only thing is some distance, whatever, right? So suddenly some girl shows up and I'm like, default, like <laughs> what? Um, and he starts dating this girl when like we're having these intimate ass conversations all the time. This girl shows up and he starts dating her. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, so I stopped Wait, talking to Wait, was she white? Him. Yeah, she was white. Of course oh, she was white. Wow, of okay. course she was white. So um, I stopped talking to him. I wasn't answering his phone calls. And he gaslit me. And he was basically like, how can you do this to me? We're best friends. Are you really going to choose being more than friends over our friendship and da, da, da. And I was basic. I straight up said to him, I was like, if you want someone to talk to, talk to her. You chose to be with her, not me. So you go do that. Of course, I crumbled shortly after that. And, you know, things were as scheduled. He broke up with her eventually. And, you know, anyway. The situation later on that was kind of like the the feather in the cap, so to speak. So maybe this was, ugh, I'm so embarrassed to say the amount of time, but this was probably four or five years after that um, when he and I, we lived together for a period of time. I was completely financially supporting him at points. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, we decided to be friends. Because things just really were not working out romantically between us. Um, this was after we had lived together and after we were really in each other's space for the most time we had ever been for that amount of time that we were together. Um, we decided to just be friends and that was it. But we were still seeing each other like every day, a sickening amount of time. But at that point, after spending years with someone and and years of someone being your safe space, it was kind of like we didn't know how to function without talking to each other almost 24 seven. Um, time went by of us successfully being friends and things were feeling like, okay, all right, we can do this. But then suddenly he started kind of making advances toward me and then gaslighting me when I would call them out. So it would be like we had hung out all day. It was getting late. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go home. And he's like, or you can come over. And I'm like, we decided to be friends. So why would I come over at nine o'clock at night? And then instead of him saying like, ah, you got me. Okay, I'll stop. That's inappropriate. We decided to be friends. I would say we decided to be friends. We shouldn't do that. And then he would say, like, why are you acting like that? It's not that big of a deal. Just because I'm inviting you over doesn't mean I'm trying to have sex with you. Stuff like that. Um, and that happened many, many times. Or he would, you know, get drunk and be kind of pushy and, and want me to, to spend the night with him. Or, and I would say no. And he just wouldn't. Once again, instead of admitting he was wrong, he would gaslight me. We would get into an argument. And because I was so used to getting gaslit by him and my self-esteem was so low, I would just let him win the argument and end up crying and apologizing. So I think for a really long time, I knew 
that the cycle wasn't good, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And then there was a whole bunch of drama with other circumstances. And then we just decided to completely stay out of each other's lives. Um, And ever since then, he's reached out to me an okay amount. And every time I've been like, ner, ner. And I think at this point in my life, I'm realizing that he and I have had some beautiful and amazing times. And I would never take back any of that. He is a beautiful person, but he has a lot of work to do on himself that he's not doing or that he wasn't doing while we were together. And I have a lot of work on myself that I am doing. And I can't be with someone who can't match me. There's the soundbite. That's what I feel that, bro. I feel that. I'm in that mentality too. And there's a point where like you look, you have that moment with someone and you, you realize like this person has so much work to do. And we're like light years apart from each other. Like, and like, I don't know how long it's going to take for you to do that work. To be honest, I don't care because I'm not going to be, that's not going to be my, like, story. But, like, it's kind of sad when you're just, like, and it's really sad when the person, like, knows, like, admits to you that they have so much work and they're just not going to do anything about it. And, and today there was, there was something you said about, you know, um, like, being the only one. And so, like, very clearly from a young age, it being kind of, like, presented to you that you're, like, undesirable or whatever, whatever, based off of, like, environment and stuff. And I think so often just, like, through different, you know, you know, whether it's like through media or um, like where you live, all this stuff, just the people in your life who can sometimes like say shitty things. Um, I think it is from a young age drilled into black women, black girls and black who eventually become, um, who grow up that like we're undesirable and that like we're hard to love. So when you find someone that you think can love you you hold on really really tight to that person because it just feels like light years away from where from finding another person who might even give you it's the scarcity time of day. mindset yeah we often talk about it's the scarcity mindset and on top of the scarcity mindset it's validated time and time and time again like it's like an echo chamber and i think this is something that i I struggle with a lot emotionally where it's kind of like I know that I'm great and fantastic and I'm doing all this hard work on myself, but there's still this lack of options for me romantically. And it's when, when I look back at my childhood, when I look back at my life, it's kind of like no wonder why I ended up in this situation where I grew up feeling unwanted and I grew up watching this beautiful black love blossom, but it came with sacrifices on both end. And then I fall into this situation where I'm like, well, this person seems like they want to be with me. This person cares and I'll have to make some sacrifices, but isn't that what my mom and dad did? So, you know, let's just do it. Strap in. I'm ready to go. Um, But he wasn't ready to go. So, yeah, and you can't make someone be ready to go. Like can't that's... make somebody. And I was trying, y'all. I was trying for like, I'm bad at math, so it was eight or nine years. I was trying for eight or nine years to make his ass ready to go. 
Yeah, you can I do think it. that's I think that's just one thing you learn when you're older is that like I think there's just so many factors when it comes to like a very healthy, successful relationship and I think one of the main factors is luck and timing and those are just two things. And that's with your career too. I mean that's with everything like in life. It's like, you know, luck and timing is a huge factor in a lot of things and that's something you don't have control over. And like this person could you know, like, make you feel wanted and all this stuff, but it's, like, they're not ready, they're not ready, and that's, like, a hard pill to swallow, but that's also reality, and I think it's, like, at, at one point, you're, like, you know, it is going to line up, and I think it's just, like, keeping that in mind is, like, you know, it might not be with this person who I desperately want, but it will be with someone else, and they will be ready. I'm so happy Positive Kia is back. Uh, <laughs> we're not <laughs> negative Kia here. <laughs> It's that's a some positive trait. That's some positive Kia shit right there. That's some it's, positive Kia shit. It's over it's over optimistic for my own good. <laughs> Every time I'm like, I want to be mad and angry, and I'm just like, nope, it will work out for me. Da-da-da-da. And I think Capricorns are like pessimists. Oh, really? They're like, never. It's I'm getting but Capricorns are quiet about it. That's why we are very good at cosplaying and seeming on the outside like we've got it all together. But inwardly, we're like, ah, 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 all the time. Yeah, this is a lot of this is a lot of work happening. There's a lot of transformation <laughs> happening. That's why that's why I'm saying it. it's a lot of but I feel really smart. I feel really smart and powerful. So I am happy about it. But it's, I'm not going to lie. It didn't come with a lot of pain, <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um I guess we, we should answer our last question. I feel like it could be yes or no, but I want to hear it. What? Can men be ride or dies? Oh no, no. Can searching for a ride or die or having the ride and die mentality lead to a healthy relationship? Mm. Nah, get rid of it. Stop it. It's dumb. <laughs> and also, why am I searching for a ride or die? Like damn, like I feel you like hear the, people the, say that though. You the hear bar say is that. so like I not to be like the bar is so low, but like it really is low. I feel like even searching for like a ride or die that. But you hear people say that. What What do you want in the partner? I want that ride or die. Like my parents. Like you know, people say that. Janae just said she was looking for that. Yeah, before. people. But also, people be saying dumb shit about their parents' relationships. Like they really know what's happening in their <laughs> parents' relationships. That's true. But I'm just saying there are a lot of people who do go out. Like I feel like I've been on dates and when people say like. What do you want? Like, I feel like I've heard people say to my face, I want the ride or die. Like, I know. do feel like fundamentally the ride or die is not a bad thing if it's done correctly, just like everything else in life. Having someone who is just as there for you as you are for them, beautiful. The question is, is society set up that way? Nah. That's true. Society That's disproportionately Facts. shits on women every damn time, just like it does people of color. And that's why I'm not paying on the first date ever. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, if we okay. split the check, we know where we know where it's going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I hate when I'm like feminism. Shut up. We're so far from feminism. Like, let's stop. Let's stop with bullshit. Um, I'm gonna pull up the Twitter poll. <laughs> um. Ooh. Okay. So I asked, "Have you regretted being a ride or die?" And sixty percent of you guys said. Yes, they didn't deserve. I spelled deserve wrong. My bad, y'all. And then 40% said, no, I'm too loyal. And then I asked, have you guys ever been a ride or die in a relationship? And how did that play out? And someone said, nope, this is why I'm usually single. I'm only riding in style. (laughs) Someone else said, no, despite my ex's attempt at convincing me, I always think about that tweet that said, 
where are we riding to and why would I have to die because seriously I have have questions that need to be answered before I do anything I like that where are we riding to like what are we dying for what are we dying for if it's not am i a hood rat that still thinks the ride or die thing is a little cute am i a hood rat yes stop stop okay but janae but 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 i think it's just again the terminology because you used you referenced the idea of like being a team which is team which is what you should be in a that should be a given in relationships but you know hood rats aren't saying team hood rats aren't here saying she my team like you know I just no want a 50-50 split. I just want us to be a team. And then if you end up accidentally killing someone or I end up accidentally killing someone, we know we're on this team together. Bruh, and we're going to bury someone, the body together. If you kill someone, I'm out. I'm telling you right there. I'm oh, not a ride or die. No. Yeah, no. 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 I'm not going to prison. First of all, I'm 5'3". I'm 5'3". <laughs> I'm 130 pounds. And I'm not fighting You're about bitch. to get wrecked. I'm not. <laughs> But also, but also what we need to, but people seem to forget too, is like, okay, in an ideal world, in a team aspect, everyone plays their right role and like, we're all good and we all cheer each other on and blah, 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 blah. But what people forget on teams, there usually is a star, you know, there's usually a LeBron, there's usually a Beyonce, there's usually an X, Y, and Z, right? In K-pop, there isn't. Girl, okay, Miss I love Jimin. Like, okay. yeah, Jimin, Jimin so, girl over here. He's a star in my heart. It, but there's so, always a star. Yeah, there's always a star. And more than likely, I'm just telling him this is, this is specifically to heterosexual relationships. Usually, the person in the relationship who thinks they're the star is the dude. But not in my relationship, because I'm the star. <laughs> that you are. Okay, and now we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna tell you about our poll on Instagram. Love y'all's answers. So we asked, tell, or we said, tell us why you are or aren't a ride or die. And y'all said, no thanks. I don't wanna die. Fair. I'm a snitch. <laughs> that one took me out. Um, why ride or die when everything feels so seasonal in life? Oh, I like living, lol. Someone else said, never, because my boundaries matter. Amen. Someone else said, die for what? Ain't nobody got time for that. And then lastly, someone said, because this whole concept is dumb and takes away from accountability for bad partners. Wow. Our Instagram <laughs> followers are so smart. Y'all are so black. Here we are. New, new name, new mentality. We love to see it. Okay. They shifted with us. Um, so next we'll cruise on over to the shields. I don't know. That wasn't anyway. I thought it was cute. You thought it was cute. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So my friend always brings her boyfriend around. And when I jokingly suggested she not, she got a bit defensive. How do I tell her to stop bringing him around as often, especially when I want to have girls only time? Be direct. Yep. I think. Tell her to leave his ass at home. Why does he want to be a bunch of, why do you want to be there anyways? Like, don't you got your own friends? This is a situation (laughs) that has been coming up a lot in like multiple friend groups too. I just feel like you need to sit your friend down and say, 
listen, Jen, I don't know, name's Jen, your friend, leave him at home because you're my friend first, not him. I want to spend time with you. I've made a commitment in my life to you, not him. And I want to see you and hang out with him. You can bring him around occasionally, like when we specifically say boyfriends can come. But other than that, I don't care about his ass. So please stop. Yeah. And like what's interesting, too, is I don't understand like what people don't realize is that like a lot of the time you usually deal with your friend's partners because you love your friend, not because you like the partner, you know, like sometimes maybe you do. But like, am I going to hang out with them on my own? No, but. I'm okay to deal with them because I love you, but I don't want to deal with them all the time. Like, you know, sometimes I just want to like, it's like talk to my friend. You're in love with the dude. We're all not in love with your dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they think like, I think he's great. So my friends are going to think he's, I don't want to see that nigga. To be honest, I usually don't like my friend's partners. I don't, if I do, I don't care enough to be around you all that time. And it is what it is. And I feel like they would probably say the same thing about like the person I'm dating. And I'm not going to take that personally, but I would sit down your friend and be like, Hey, I want to talk about sucking dick and like um, squirting, and I just can't talk about that with your friend. Like, if you want to be like not as direct, but just be like, you know, I want to talk about it, and I can't talk about it with your dude. And I would say that if they get defensive, I would say softly ask why. Point out that they're getting a little defensive, and then say like, why? Like, what's what's coming up for you right now with this? Because I genuinely want to see you, and you're seeming. You know, I, I, I would just literally go in and ask questions because if they're getting defensive to me, that's something with them, not you. There's probably some deeper shit going on in their relationship, like with some trust issues or weird shit. So it's a red flag. And it's I, a red also, flag for me. I mean, sometimes I'm not as direct if I, as I give advice, but I would just probably not hit her up. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, again, I like the energy exchange and. If I mention it once, I'll mention it once, but after that, and you still doing weirdo behavior, I'm not going to text you, to be honest. I'm That's never going to invite you to hang out. Definitely. And I'll see when you're ready for me to hang out. When you want us to do one-on-one, then we can do that. But clearly, you're in some weird stage, and I'm, I'm going to back away. Yeah, definitely. If you bring it up in love, and you're calm, and she gets defensive or doesn't like try harder at all, like Kia said, just... Just fall back a bit. Okay, well, if all hearts and minds are cleared, we out this bitch. So thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. You can talk to us on social media at sufficientlyblk. Email us at sufficientlyblackpodcast at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. We want to chat, so chat us up. Um, you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcast, And don't forget to follow us so you don't miss any new episodes. Until next time. Bye. bye. I feel like we're always waiting to time our bye. Are we doing that? Yeah. I, I just, bye. yeah, I just know when you're going to say bye.